welcome back to the Broadway block. Rangers got two gritty, resilient wins there after that tough loss against the Maple Leafs, who we face off against tonight. What did you like most? Do you think Igor is out of his little funk? Do you think we're back? Or I thought we played like dog shit that game, and we really got bought, bailed out by Vinny T, like in the regular and overtime. Yeah, I mean, Chochak has definitely been one of the biggest highlights. Answer your question about Igor. Is one game enough to to say he's out of his funk? Like, we'll see against the Maple Leafs. Obviously, that game 7-3, to three, like, you know, he's had a few games this year, obviously, where he's just kind of not looked like himself. I think we've been kind of spoiled with his performances, though, so it's easy to kind of get a little, you know, ahead of yourself on some of these games. Also, that, that game kind of changed a little bit when Pasternak got ejected for yeah. that hit on Ryan Lindgren. Curious to see how we do in a playoff series against that team. Like, I don't know why. I, I, I thought it would be a tough playoff series. I actually, that thought came across my mind that it would, it would, it would probably go to seven and we would definitely want the home ice on that. Do you think it will go like that with the Maple Leafs since, since it, like, you know, we got a high scoring last game? Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of seem to get into, into a, a little bit of like a wide open game. Like, I've said this before about the Rangers, but I think the Leafs want to do that. Like they want the game to be wide open because their game plays into that and they start to do better um, when the teams start to let that happen. But the Rangers have been really defensively sound and we get ahead of ourselves and get away from that a little bit, but we've, we've really seldom lost back-to-back games this year. And and it just feels like we're in every game, even when we're not supposed to be like those games, like we go down 1-0, and then we just came back and won 4-1. And then, you know, as much as we really weren't in that game the whole time, like you would think Swayman was putting on an amazing performance, but Joe and Sam just kept highlighting the fact that, like, we really didn't challenge Swayman that much, and Igor was getting challenged left and right. Yeah, also, when you look at, like, even the Leafs game, like, it's 4-3, to three, and I've always said this, that, you know, like, the goalie, their job is to to give you a chance to win the game and momentum is obviously huge and you score a goal there it changes the entire landscape of the game and if you were in that position then it's not necessarily like a i feel like a a loss that you can't stomach like all you ask is to be like not blown out and to have a chance to win that game and the rangers for, for the most part have been in every game and have a chance to take home the victories like i've been thinking about even the games that we've lost this year Every game was something that we could have battled back from and we're missing some players and it just makes you feel like we're not getting our full potential. And like, that's scary considering that we're one of the best teams in the league. I was just going to say like, you know, this bandaid fix we've had to put on for, I do we say a month and a half with injuries. Like Fox was on that 10 day and then he came back and then, Taco went away, and then we still really haven't gotten Hito back. Like, what is our full potential when we get those guys back healthy? Like, I'm just hoping we get them back and get some chemistry back with those guys. I don't feel like, you know, as long as we keep sailing the same ship we've been going on, I don't really feel like we'll be too active on the trade deadline. You know, if there was anywhere to bolster, it would just be maybe some defensive help. Like, because I, I don't know, like, do you feel comfortable with Zach Jones? being the seventh defenseman he's shown he's definitely improved since last season when we kind of put him out there and laviolette system but 
I feel like that's the only place I would go out at the trade deadline. But other than that, sell this ship and hope we get those pieces of Kako and Edel back. Yeah, I mean, you would hope that at this point, it's been long enough without those guys that there's some sustained time with their replacements. So, you know, this does give them some time to gel these guys. Um, and then awaiting their return, Kako and Heedle, it kind of opens the door to, you know, having some depth come playoff time that is already kind of used to the system and everything. So I think all that bodes well, at least for now, assuming that everybody else is healthy. But to your point, getting some depth defense, it's like, the scoring will come and go, you know, there's going to be hot streaks and there's going to be somebody that goes dry in the playoffs. Like, you know, that's basically death and taxes. But if you, if you think about it, the Rangers have always kind of been in the, the hunt for like a seventh, you know, depth guy. As much as I like Jones, I like the idea of Jones. I don't like the idea of anybody but Fox really conducting that deep offensively driven play from a defensive role. And I think, Schneider and Truba and all those other guys kind of embody that more like defense first uh, if we want to get cute with it and the play calls for it. That's why I just feel like Zach Jones doesn't fit in because there's only one Adam Fox. And you just as you highlighted, those players are like, you know, big bruisers. If the shots are there, they'll take them, but they're not going to they're not going to really be the power point man of the power play or anything like that. Right. And, and Gustafson, I haven't seen too many you know crazy defensive lapses from i I trust him on that on that he's just been like pretty like pretty average like you can trust him he might make a great play on a night but you know you don't expect it yeah so i mean we'll see like to your point like what would we really go out and get and hopefully not too too much because i think we've kind of made a pretty decent point at, at the fact that we can't really just keep stripping from the organizational depth and you know what we have as far as prospects and picks down the road. Cause we're, we're going to need all that to kind of reload. Well, they, they can t- Steve. We just might not see a championship in our lifetime. If that's, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, we've seen t- so many teams kind of do this every single year and not really get the point. And I'm fine with us like going for it, but there's not a lot of cap space. So it's like the guy that you get, you're not keeping it. And you know that going into it, we've already kind of lost out on pieces that we've traded for assets for and we've seen it happen now a few seasons in a row so it kind of begs the question you know how many pieces are we really away and obviously the team's good and you know so far the off-season additions we just kind of briefly spoke about Gustafson but off-season additions like silently one of the best off-seasons like if Wheeler was playing up to his production you know this was like a perfect off-season I feel like I I agree it just you know, it, I know obviously hockey is a streaky sport where, you know, people go on goal scoring streaks, goalies go cold, hot. But I just feel like we have a lot of that and we just need to be able to go hot at the same time, which I just feel like in the last few years, the pieces just haven't been able to like, you know, we were close to that 2022 season, but we weren't ready for that. Like, obviously, if I feel like we would be better equipped now if we went as deep into the playoffs. But it's all dependent on, like, you know, we kind of have relied on Shesterkin how we've relied on Hank, which was like, you know, oh, he's going to be able to play lights out and keep us in a game. And if we hang around enough, we'll get back in it. But, like, I'm looking for us, like, once we get those pieces back to, like, take the night, like, the next step where people are, like, talking about us, like, the Knights. Like, you got to watch out for the Rangers. Like, you know, 
forget about their first line. It's their third and fourth. You got to look out for like, I'm, I'm more looking for that kind of where people know, like, obviously they know coming to play the Rangers that they're hot, but like, I want them to know that like, all right, we got to play our best hockey tonight. Yeah. And I think that's, it's different when you, when we talk to range, like non-Rangers fans, a lot of people do kind of highlight the goaltending and the highly talented offensive players that we have. I think that is known throughout the league, but you're right. Like there, there isn't that reservation from the teams themselves when they come into the building. Like everybody feels like it's just, I know it's the metropolitan that we play in and that's kind of the mentality. Like even the standings now, no one could have predicted where they are, but it's just like, I want us to be the clear cut. Like, you know, you guys got to get through the Rangers. Kind of what people were saying last year about the Bruins. Like, I want us to go into the playoffs, the postseason feeling like that. So I'm hoping all these storylines, even though there's really not too many that are just figured out and we really gel when we were supposed to. Yeah, I mean, well, it's always a dogfight in the Metro. And I think that's probably why. Um, and the Bruins had so much momentum that, I mean, like, yeah, they were, they were obviously feared by everybody. Uh, but they had so much momentum coming in, like several streaks of, you know, eight plus games in a row where um, there's definitely a palpable energy when they step into the room. So, I mean, right now, the Rangers are positioned as the third best team statistically, so tied for second. Um, and we have two games in hand over the team in first place. So who could have predicted this? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to toot my own horn, man, but. I said that the Rangers would be in a better spot than the Devils. I said that I thought that they would finish in fourth. And I said that I felt like we were one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, it feels good a little bit to to feel a little bit vindicated, but there's still a lot of season left. And there's not a lot that I would really do come deadline time. Cause you know, we've seen the chemistry get shaken up. We talked to Tim Peel about that, um, how we've made additions that, you know, you plug in three or four pieces and, you now take away from that core that kind of got you there. So I, I would almost be looking forward to just once this team is healthy and what we have, you know, in house um, to see how far they can go. And who would have thought that the Rangers would be in first and the Flyers would be in second? Yeah, I think that's the real the real uh, bracket breaker there. Well, and it's kind of like um, you know when we had Schmaltzy on, like talking about the Canucks, like you don't expect them to be there when like. It's playoff time, right? Like this isn't sustainable, this play, but getting obviously John Tortorello is getting the best of the play out of like, you know, that team's an old piece together team that like just kind of has taken on some bad contracts and is kind of doing an overhaul. So it's really interesting to see them up there winning. Yeah, but I mean, I are you are you saying then that you don't expect the Flyers to continue to win at this pace? Because well, I, I don't I don't think they will be. I just think it's interesting that John Tortorella is getting like the best out of like the team he has. It's kind of like the Canucks. Like, I don't know. We had Schmalti on, what was that, like two or three weeks ago? Canucks still look good. But yeah. do I think in three weeks the Flyers are going to be there? Like the Islanders a couple of weeks ago were like outside the playoff bracket and they were surging for a little bit there and kind of lost two and cooled off. Do you think, based on the standings right now, that the four teams that are in the playoffs are still in the playoffs maybe not in that order i think the only one has to be out would be the flyers eventually they're just gotta cool off because like what you got the rangers uh rangers flyers islanders canes creeping is the capitals and devils as expected blue jackets (laughs) 
got my bad copped, so they're at the bottom there still. Yeah, it's weird to do kind of like a like a pre-holidays check-in episode like this because you know a lot of times we just kind of talk about the last few games and you know it's kind of it's easy to look at the last few games and some of the the storylines there like we talked about with you know Igor not looking himself and we get blown out to the Capitals a few games ago and to the Senators you know so really in that span of of four games like you could really zero in on getting blown out a few times by four goals in you know three games out of four four games so it's hard to look at this season aside from some recency bias and think that there's any you know unsuccessful chapter thus far it feels good to be in like a incredibly good spot I feel like we're still not necessarily firing on all cylinders because we lack that kind of consistency that you and i preach about a lot that we just really still haven't seen out of this group yet and it's interesting you know it's funny i i love that we do them every week the episodes because could you imagine doing them every two or three days like after the skies falling and you know after that maple leafs game like you know we did the episode right before that so we were feeling just dandy and then you know a couple of days go by and then we're able to get that recovery game and we come back into the episode like yeah everything's great like like this team has done a lot to be pretty happy about and it like you said it makes you think that it's sustainable it makes you feel like that we can kind of maybe maybe we don't finish the season in first place but i can't imagine us finishing like lower than third at this point you know right like it would be like heads would be rolling if we didn't make the playoffs at this point like we're over 25 percent of the season yeah and i you know some of the things that we've mentioned previous years even you know panarin looks like he might hit that 100 point mark that we've alluded to in the past that you know he's i think fully capable of i think you could make a point that he would have hit that had he played a full season his first year with us and there's a lot that Igor, I think, is 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 gonna find a rhythm. I think that's probably the I'm gonna make a bold prediction of 2024 is that Igor finds that Vesna form. And after that, you got a defensively structured team that can be, you know, volatile offensively and a goalie that is in a rhythm. I mean, like, why not us? You know? And also you gotta think like this little Igor like period, like we haven't seen anything like this. It's kind of like as your child's growing up and like they kind of got to scrape their legs sometimes so they know or like, you know, not touch the stove because it's hot. Like and deal with some of these like New York. I'm sure people Val Ketch been talking about it. People has been talking about Igor's um, in net. So like, you know, it's going to be a real interesting to see. Like, can he come back and like make it a real storyline that like, you know, I'm normal. But then that was just a period. And here I am. Lights out Igor again. Yeah. Well, facing some adversity. But, you know. I thought that that playoff loss, we were really going to see like that spark to start the season. So I'm, I hope you're right. You know, I thought that the deep playoff run was good for the confidence. I thought the short playoff run was good for that. Like, you know, everyone says it once, once you get there, all you want to do is, is make another run for it and do it again. Right. Like, and I felt like that had to light some fire to kind of have, had all those expectations and then to to end in the first round like that. So it's interesting to see. Um, and one of the the, the small storylines about the offseason, about Jonathan Quick coming over and being kind of like, quote unquote, a mentor to Igor, um, one thing that I didn't account for is that 
Jonathan Quick hasn't been a mentor to Igor as much as he's just been a quiet presence and a stable presence as a backup because we saw it for so many periods during Hank's career where when the backup was playing well, it gave Hank a little bit of that fire to play well. And when the net's not solidly yours, and you know, Valaket brought that up about how that, that goes into like the mindset of a player. I feel like Igor would use it as as fuel to the fire. So I think as Quick kind of stays playing really well, that's gotta be good for for Igor and the not the competitiveness in that, because we know it's Igor's net. Um, but not having to worry about how that backup performs, I think would be just one less thing for him to kind of have to worry about. Well, yeah, and Quick said, he's like, he came in, he knew this was Igor's net. He's like, I, I don't need to teach this guy anything. If he needs anything from me, I'm here for him. So it's kind of like he's got his back. One thing I wanted to say about Igor, even in these struggling games of him, he hasn't looked frustrated or like visibly upset where he's like, you know, making a stink, hitting his stick or like, well, you know. In the game, but we saw afterwards he was... Going to the tunnel, he's slamming it on the glass. Oh, well, yeah, that's one thing. But like, yeah, you know, one where he couldn't see the puck, and he and he throws his hand up, like, "What the fuck was that about?" Like, he did do that, he but he wasn't. But he wasn't like physically rattled. Where like, you know, you sometimes where you see you're like somebody like look at Ronta. Like after that game, like I knew that was coming this season. I was like, if the Canes want to go anywhere, like that goaltending, like Tandem's got to change. Yeah. He, he, has he gotten picked up anywhere? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I haven't seen cleared, cleared waivers. So, I mean, they're the Canes are in a in a in a spot where I forget who it was, but someone commented on our show that they they don't really have like an all star. The closest is maybe Svechnikov and and Aho, obviously, but like they just lack that that real finishing. They're just a really good, well rounded team, and they win a lot of regular season games and even some playoff series, being like a good, well rounded team, but. You know, that's they're like that reliable play. car that your friend has. Like, it doesn't look pretty, but like, you know, yeah, no, he's always going to show up. But they play really well, like in games that matter. Like uh, the team is incredibly well coached. Like I'm not talking crap about the Canes. I think coming into the season after last year, they were one of the favorites. But what happens? If, what happens if they slip? Like, you know, are they going to get some? Is Rod Brindamore out there then? Like, because there was talks after last season. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, I wouldn't see like I couldn't definitely see them letting Brendan Moore go. We briefly just talked about like the Rangers like slipping a little bit and it just made me kind of think like man if they slip even a little bit you, then you're just in the rat pack of everybody else. There's, there's only what two points? I don't have the standings in front of me but two points or so maybe three separating like five. You ready, you ready, for, you ready for this? So like Blue Jackets bottom dwellers right. 25 Penguins 31 Devils 33 Capitals 34. Now we're in the playoff mix. 35 for the Kings, 36 for the Islanders, and 37 for the Flyers. Right. So, so yeah, that's I, why, I, like, when we dropped those games, I got really worried there because I'm like, everybody's winning in the Met. Right. I mean, that's that's separating third place from second to last right there. Like this, that's why I, I don't see like the Flyers where like there's two, there everything's too close for like, you know. You're telling me the Flyers are going to make it over the Devils or Capitals and Penguins? Well, I mean, we've seen all these teams slip. I think one thing that that gives me a little validity of, as far as like what we've thought about is like, you know, the Capitals and the Penguins were showing signs of slowing down even last season, obviously. And we kind of thought out the gate that these guys would struggle to 
get some stable footing in the Metro. What always happens with the Capitals and the Penguins, though? They always stand past. They stay close. They stay close. They keep the conversation interesting. They always make it come playoff time. So last year, huge wake-up call for the organization, obviously, both of them. And I think that they're going to be relevant, and they're going to play the role of the spoiler for a lot of teams. They're going to they're going to play meaningful. Like the, the Islanders need a point to get in, yeah. and then the Penguins are going to be, you know. One of them is getting screwed over hard by the Penguins or the Capitals, for sure. But I was also thinking about it, what could be an interesting conversation. It's such a close race for sure, but what if the race gets tighter in the Atlantic division and only three teams from the Metro make it to the playoffs? Because there could be a separation where where the Canes kind of pull ahead and and they start playing the they, way that we they they, they have a sim they have a similar sw- situation. Ottawa is twenty two. They're at the bottom. Then this is where the Sabers would be like the Penguins, where they're twenty nine. Canadians are the peng or the Devils right there, like almost getting into the mix. Then you got the Lightning, Red Wings, Panthers. Maple Leafs, Bruins. For some reason, it's I think it's more likely to assume that those five teams play really well down the stretch than it is to assume that the Metro plays well. Like it's the same. I feel like it's the same race at the moment, which would be interesting because you know we always talk about how busy the Metro is and how difficult it is. But it'd be funny if it was such a glut in the middle that the top end, you know, there's only three teams from the Metro that end up making it, but. You know, we'll see, man. I think right now, like we're in a good spot. I, I the the wins are feel really good, and I don't really sweat most of the losses. You know, um, and at the moment, like you said, like what would you really change to to add to this team aside from the guys that are already in house getting healthy and well, know, one back in the mix. One last point before we get out of here. I was at Thanksgiving in um at my stepfather's house and. He's a big Flyers fan. And he's like, how about them Flyers? And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, brushed off. I was like, more like, how about them Rangers? And he was like, well, that's expected, right? Like, they're supposed to be, like, doing that this year. So, like, even other teams and other people know, like, you know, the expectation is there for them. We thought last year there's, you know, has to be a lot of pressure on Chris Drury because he went out and he made those moves and everyone thought he's either going to go get Kane or Tarasenko when he goes out and does both. So, like then you have to think like, okay, he really feels some pressure. Now the team's playing well. Team's probably going to make the playoffs. It's a really good team going down the regular season. Is there the same amount of pressure this deadline as there was last year? Even at- But what are they going to call for his head? Like that he didn't do anything and Panarin doesn't show up again in the first round and there's no playmakers there? You know, one thing I will say for anyone listening, I think the Rangers fans are incredibly knowledgeable about the team. Some of them, as as far as fan bases across the league, Rangers fans are so invested that even your like casual Ranger fan understands that we don't have cap space. And a lot of people think that you know everything's possible if we just trade, you know, this person and that person. But if you're realistic, we're not just going to clean house and trade like. Pitlick and Goodrow and you know all of the XYZ wave Truba's claws and all these things that people call for all the time. It's not going to happen. And I think most Rangers fans are realistic and smart enough to understand that that's not going to happen and that would they probably understand Chris not doing anything come deadline. 
massive. Was he a buyer's like seller's remorse or like buyer's remorse that he didn't do anything? I well, come play out there. Sometimes the best moves that you make are the ones that you don't don't make. Like, just standing pat and saying like, you know what, our team's really good. We don't want to mess the chemistry up. We these guys are resilient. They're gonna win. I think, like you said, maybe it's a depth defenseman, but we'll have to wait and see, brother. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers, man.